0: good morning welcome to Miss roundtable. glad you're here christmas 2021 during a pandemic post-pandemic omicron delta covid whatever else it might be i mean putting up the chest out aren't you glad you're here you know something special about christmas a couple of words come to mind um, thinking about christmas Joy. Ronnie, you're here somewhere. Grandkids, man, don't they bring us joy. Peace. Peace on earth. Joy and peace of the Christmas season. For me, I'm going to go back just a little bit. Um, your camp. I think the third one that Phil had, the second, the third one he had at Ebenezer. Um, Phil said, man, I think you need to participate in this thing called deer camp. And yeah, this is a shameless plug for fundraising. Um, I think you need to go to deer camp. No, I don't want to go to deer camp, Phil. I mean, you don't have guns there and a the deer there. You can't hunt on 40 acres. You need to go to deer camp. Okay, I'll go to deer camp. I go to deer camp. And the uh, first exercise he has us do is take this notebook, Find you a private spot somewhere out here. Take your Bible and let God speak to you. Really?
1: Throw you right in the deep water there.
0: I'm not a Bible scholar. So I go out in the woods and God guide me. Help me get through this. I'm in a tough spot. Help me figure out where to get from here. I'm gonna open your word and I want you to point me to something I should be studying, looking at, contemplating. Now, I'm gonna take it, y'all know more about the Bible than I do. I opened it up and fell opened to a book called Job. I read the first part of the first chapter, not the first chapter of Job, the first part of the first chapter of the open thing.
1: And I said, God, you've gotta be kidding me. I'm just going to lay back and relax.
0: Just you open my heart, open my ears, and let me just hear from you, Lord. So I lay back, and I look it up. Buzzard circle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, to Welcome to deer camp. The two words that mean most to me during the Christmas season, hope. Jesus Christ died on the cross for me, for you, for hope. And he did it for love. Because he loved me and knew me before I was me. And he loves me despite of who I am. Because I am his. Welcome to Christmas 2021. We continue the series, Phil has for us this about, and We follow Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here, Lord. I thank you for Ceasefire, for the men that are here, for the families that are represented. Lord, I thank you so much for the leadership team that's worked so hard during this pandemic, and even now as we return back to Ceasefire. Chris Kelly and his weekly delivery of uh, our, our format, our, our sheet that we work from, Jeff and Jeff, as they bring us uh, together in live streams for those that are not here, the guys that are here, for Phil and his continued preparation and dedication to this, for ceasefire, for hosting and providing breakfast. Lord, thank you for the men that are here. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Thank you, Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, before we get started um, in our formal study, um, I would like to ask you to consider uh, this page that you have uh, in front of you. Will you invest in BPO International? You guys have been incredibly uh, generous with our Ebenezer Place capital uh, uh, campaign uh, to improve Ebenezer Place. And we're up to uh, almost $70,000. uh what we've seen come in, and I'm very, very grateful for your generosity. What I want to ask you to do, and uh, that we do every year um, as a year in giving, is to once again, in your year in giving, to just consider uh, contributing to our nonprofit BPO uh, that takes care of uh, salaries, um, our administrative needs. Um, and scholarships. Uh, we have given over $40,000 in non-available um, scholarship money uh, this year um, in our different uh, events. We never allow somebody to attend an event for lack of money. And when you contribute uh, at this point you are scholarshipping men to come to deer camp, couples uh, uh, to come to our couples workshop And um, I want to ask you to consider uh, in your year-end giving to, again, give to BPO. I want you to hear from a good friend of mine, Clint Barr.
2: Hi, my name is Clint Barr, and I've been a faithful supporter of BPO International for 11 years. I want to tell you a little bit about why um, I have chosen to support BPO over the years and, and why it's so important to me. You know, BPO is a nonprofit that helps men become better men, basically. Um, and through my support, I know that uh, Phil and Carla are supported financially to keep doing this work. They're able to pay um, individuals on their staff, like Bridget, uh, to um, handle emails and, and handle other forms of payment that come through for many of the projects that BPO International does. And so I have chosen to support BPO over the years primarily because being a part of uh, this nonprofit, being a part of the men's coaching weekends and men's roundtable has literally saved my life. Um, 11 years ago, I went to my first men's coaching weekend and from that point on I've been a changed man and I continue to change and BPO International has facilitated that positive change in my life and it has affected uh, not only me but my family. At the time when I first started going to men's coaching weekends and men's roundtable I had no children. Uh, I had been married for seven years uh, going on eight years at that time and uh, children were not in our foreseeable future and through the process of sitting with other men that Phil and Carla have put together through BPO International, has helped me overcome many of my character flaws, many of my broken um, pieces and woundedness that that, um, not only has been caused to me, but that I have caused to others. And for that very reason, uh, BPO has been a huge component of my personal growth leading to now um, uh, two daughters who um, sacrifices every day uh, to, to provide for this family and allow me to, to be um, who I was designed to be, which is a father and a husband and a caretaker. And so I want to encourage you, if men's round table or Men's Coaching Weekend has affected you positively in any way. I would encourage you to pray about faithfully supporting BPO International going forward, whether that be you know $10 a month or $100 a month or $1,000 a month. I don't know what it looks like for you. I know for me, I started out only giving $50 a month, but I now give much more than that. And I'm happy to do so because I wanna see Other men have the same opportunity that I had and have BPO have the impact on their lives that it's had on mine. I hope that you will consider supporting BPO International, Phil and Carla, and this great organization that has helped so many men become better men. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Clint Barr. Guys, um, Jeff's going to put a fact sheet up. And uh, if you would like to have a copy of this, I can certainly get you this, but this is kind of the, I, the uh, fact sheet that gives you uh, details about investing uh, in our ministry and what we do. And Jeff, if you'll slide that up there at the bottom, what is the average contribution uh, categories Are 250 a month, uh, 3,000 annually, 100 a month to 1,200 annually, 50 a month, 600 annually. Those are general categories. Uh, Some of you may not be able to give uh, that much and others of you might be able to give more, but I would just ask you um, to uh, consider uh, giving and you can fill out this sheet, fold it up and give it to me um, at the end. Um, On the back, uh, I would especially also like you to consider writing this, tell us your story. How has God used BPO, men's coaching weekend, men's Roundtable, or other opportunities of growth In your life, I would value your stories uh, of healing and change. So thank you for that. This morning, uh, I'm going to offer you a song. It's actually the same song that I offered you last week. It's my favorite Christmas song, as you've heard me share. I heard the bells on Christmas morning. But the twist on it uh, this morning has to do with the Christmas truce um, of. Um, December 1914. On December the 7th, ironically, uh, of 1914, um, not Pearl Harbor, December 7th, but uh, Pope Benedict uh, suggested a ceasefire truce for Christmas Day. Uh, And that was on December the 7th. And none of the soldiers, Germany, British soldiers would agree to that. And then on uh, Christmas Eve, December the 24th, just a few weeks later, 1914, uh, the German soldiers and the British soldiers began to sing hymns. And on Christmas morning, December the 25th, the German soldiers put their guns down and actually walked toward the British soldiers. And initially, as you would imagine, the British soldiers thought it was a trick. And then they noticed that there was no arms being carried by the German soldiers. And the German soldiers and the British soldiers on that Christmas morning sang hymns together, exchanged gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding, and celebrated goodwill to men you to watch this video. (coughs) Mm, Take that.
3: On Christmas Eve 1914, temperatures drop below freezing on the Western Front. In some places, it began snowing, obscuring the moon. Then, all across the German lines, lights began to appear. At first, the British thought the Germans were preparing to attack. But instead of rifle fire, sounds of singing drifted across no man's land. Germans would be heard singing Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. And the British would respond with a, a British Christmas cowl. In some places, uh, food was lobbed over into the opposing trenches. In one or two instances, the Germans erected Christmas trees and uh, there was a kind of mutual curiosity um, certainly instances of soldiers applauding each other's singing.
0: And the bear- Oh, Amen.
2: peace, honor, oh, goodwill to men.
1: Is that not amazing? Incredible. Be on the alert, stand firm in your faith, act like men saved by grace, forgiven of their sins, be strong, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, gentlemen, let's dig in, the incarnation, Jesus came to earth, God with us, follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph, the incarnation, God with us, the eternal infinite god became a human being in jesus christ a physical limited vulnerable mortal being in history the implications of this reality are vast and many and during this christmas season we will look at various pictures of this incredible reality of the incarnation last week uh, we looked at um, peace on earth Today, we look at goodwill to men, and next week, uh, we'll look at joy to the world, and what I've tried to do through the years, and certainly trying to do this year, is trying to take these Christmas themes and pictures of Christmas and really help us understand the gospel clearly, and this idea of goodwill to men is critical, because what does that really mean um, What happened in 1914 is an amazing picture. Um, But none of that saved those men eternally. But the gospel impacted them. But what saves us is understanding why Jesus came and what he accomplished when he came. What does it really mean to have good will to men? Now I'm going to suggest to you, I'm going to tease this out, that that phrase is so misunderstood. It's not, um, as was uh, sung by the angels, what we often interpret it to be today. It's not just being generous with one another. It's something much, much more significant than that. Look over at Luke chapter 2 with me. And let's look at what the angels actually said. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. At once the angels, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Now, again, it's often translated goodwill to men. In your English Standard Version, which is the uh, highest recommended, from my perspective and and most scholars' perspective, uh, good study translation, the ESV puts it this way With whom he is pleased with whom he is pleased, is how that phrase, goodwill to men, with whom he is pleased. That it's not about men having uh, goodwill toward one another, and that saves them. What the angels are saying is that to those that God is pleased with, there will be peace, and that's the gospel. To those who have surrendered and bowed their knee to the incarnational God, Jesus, that's the goodwill. It's actually His goodwill expressed to us, and we simply receive it and then express it. As we have been forgiven, we forgive. As we have received, we give. That's a critical distinction, and I'm going to try to tease that out even clearer as we go along this morning pick up your pen. I've got three questions for you. Engage with me. Three questions. <coughs> Excuse me. And this microphone, as I continue to cough up half of my chest, um, I'll try to uh, leave it in the napkin or on my hand. And if I shake hands with you after the end, you better check your hand. Uh, question number one. When do you remember giving to someone that it was inconvenient for you. You know that call late at night that you gave when it hurt. Whether you reached deep deep in your pockets and you gave and you couldn't really afford it or you just simply, you know, got out of bed and put your pants on and drove out there and helped somebody. I was dating a girl years ago, um, obviously before Carla. Um, and um, I left um, my house uh, in Tennessee. I was She lived in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And I drove on Christmas Day all day, and this was a number of years ago, and I, I had a passenger van that we used in our ministry at Penn State. And uh, that passenger van did not have a... the the gas meter didn't work, you know? And so you had to kind of keep track of, you know, how many miles you'd gone and, you know, make sure that you didn't run out of gas. Well, guess what? I ran out of gas (laughs) on Christmas night in the middle of nowhere in rural Pennsylvania. Now this was back in the days of not cell phones, but CB radios. And I got on the CB radio, and Jesus showed up. I mean, there were guys out there that I think that they just monitored their CB radios uh, waiting for dumb guys like me to run out of gas. And they, you know, it was about 10 o'clock on Christmas night, and they showed up. It was inconvenient, but they expressed goodwill to me. Now I want to honor this morning in that question Jack Page and Quentin Alexander, because I would assume that when I just asked that question, uh, when did you remember giving to someone that it was inconvenient for you that um, Jack Page and Quentin are going to uh, would tell you the story of when another guy that will be mentioned here in a minute ran out of, uh, well, no, he didn't run out of gas. He actually had a car accident in his car. He tried to get it back from Memphis. Uh, and he got to South Haven basically, and it just quit on him. And this guy that will be named here in a minute, uh, calls Jack Page and Quentin Alexander is on a Sunday night. And those guys drove up to South Haven and, um, put it on put uh, his car on the back of a trailer and they got in about 5 a.m monday morning I, I told this guy it was a good thing he didn't call me <laughs> second question when do you remember someone giving to you that it was inconvenient for them and marek would probably answer that because he would be telling you the story of Jack Page and Quentin Alexander when they came to South Haven and put his car on the back of a trailer on a Sunday night. Not Now again, not Sunday morning, oh, I might have to miss church, I'll be there. This is Sunday night and they got in at 5 a.m. It was inconvenient. Third question. What if your generosity to others is what made you acceptable to God? Would you be accepted? That you would be measured by your generosity? That you're accepted. Why do you give? To be accepted? Boy, praise God, that's not the gospel. Praise God, that's not the gospel. And this is, a, this is very important as we go through this phrase, good will to men. As believers, we don't give to be accepted. The gospel says because you are accepted, you give generously. Because you are accepted, You give generously. You know, I love my brothers, Jack Page and Quentin Alexander. They didn't drive to help Marek to be approved by God. They drove to help Marek because they love Marek and they have experienced the love of Jesus, the incarnational Jesus working in their life. They didn't need any more brownie points with God. They didn't need to be found more accepted. They have all the acceptance they need. And when they got in the car to drive to Memphis, it was out of a generous, gracious heart. That's the gospel, gentlemen. That's goodwill to men. We do not give to be approved. We are approved and therefore we give. I wrote a check um, to a very good friend of mine in my year in giving several years ago. And he said, thank you so much for sharing with me. And I said, dude, I'm not, I, I wouldn't share my money. I'm just sharing God's money. And you got a piece of it. Everything I have belongs to God. And he's just simply allowed me to be a steward of it. How do you use it? How do you use what you have? Good will to men. Better yet, let's dig into this and understand it more from the gospel perspective. So again, turn back to that passage in Luke. When Jesus came, incarnational Jesus, the angels proclaimed that there would be peace And again, it's an interesting piece, and I mentioned this last week, that we are to be peacemakers, but you know, sometimes in scripture, there are what appears to be contradictory pieces that Jesus said not only would he bring peace, or the promise was, but he would also bring a sword. And the idea of peace comes to those who bow the knee, but at the same time, those who don't bow the knee and those who do not receive him and depend on their own good will to be approved, there will be judgment. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Never, never, never uh, ask for justice and fairness from God. If you ask for justice and fairness, you have no hope. It's not fair, the child says. It's not supposed to be fair uh, under the gospel. It is by grace and grace alone. And so, again, this idea that the angels were proclaiming goodwill, it's really the idea of men accepted by God. Again, the English Standard Version that you've got there on your notes reads, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And there's only one thing that makes us pleasing to God. And that is that we recognize the great gift that he gave us in Jesus in his incarnation. God has promised peace to men with whom the Lord is well pleased, those that are saved by grace through faith in Christ. And although the gospel message that these angels shared continues to be available to all men, only those that enjoy goodwill before the Lord by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and trusting in the name of the only begotten Son of God for the forgiveness of sins will enjoy the peace on earth. That this heavenly choir proclaimed. Only they will discover the joy of the Lord in their hearts and peace with God in their lives. Peace with God is received when one is justified by faith. When do you remember your first Christmas? Your first Christmas, not when you were one year old, but when you really understood the gospel. I became a Christian, uh, even though I'd grown up in a, in a little country church in Elizabethan, Tennessee. Um, and by the way, Jimmy, you were right. Charlie Davis was born in Elizabeth and I checked that out. That was amazing. <coughs> I digress squirrel. Um, In my junior year at the University of Tennessee, I bowed my knees uh, with a friend of mine and he led me to Jesus. And um, I come home, uh, I'm home for Christmas and uh, my mom and dad are watching TV and all of a sudden a Billy Graham uh, revival is on. And um, I guarantee that a few weeks before that, Uh, when I'd been home, if Billy Graham had come on, I'd have just got up and walked out. I didn't want to hear Billy Graham. And I'm sitting there, and I start listening to Billy. Just the other day, I was talking to Ruth. You can't do it alone, Ruth. And as Billy is preaching, I start weeping something was different in my heart. Billy wasn't any different. And I couldn't stop crying. My heart uh, was changed. And I did get up and leave the room because I didn't know what Papaw would do with my tears. But my heart was changed. I was accepted by God and I no longer had to try to be accepted by my goodwill but it was his will that made me good and acceptable before him and guys that's an important distinction so goodwill to men now all through all through the ages continues now continued then jesus in his ministry was confronted by those that knew the law and were trying to be approved by their goodwill as opposed to God's goodwill. And one of the key conversations that Jesus had was with a religious scholar. Turn over to Luke chapter 10. Now this is not your typical Christmas passage. But if we're going to talk about goodwill to men, it's absolutely critical that we understand this because it's the idea of who is your neighbor. Now, when Jack and Quentin got that call, they love Marek. And they they went. But again, they didn't go to get approval. They went because they had been approved. In Luke chapter 10 there's this idea of neighbor. Now, are we going to be saved by helping our neighbor or are we saved so that we can help our neighbor? Okay. That's an uh, important distinction. So what's this? And this is, this is the question uh, that is uh, um, uh, confronting Jesus by a religious scholar. Verse 25. Just then a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Now this guy was the learned guy. He was the educated guy. He was a religious lawyer, teacher. What do I need to do to get eternal life? And he answered, or Jesus answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? And he said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and Muscle intelligence and that you love your neighbor as well as yourself. I mean, I mean, the guy was ready. Bible trivia had broken out right there. And Jesus said, good answer. Do it and you'll live. Now, guys, remember Jesus' answer. Jesus knows the gospel, obviously. So Jesus, Jesus didn't direct him into what we would call a works salvation Jesus knew that the reason he could direct him that way is he couldn't even live up to his own standard and so the religious scholar had to have a comeback and so looking for a loophole he asked and just how would you define neighbor neighbor now guys the religious scholar Wanted to justify himself. And Jesus was confronting him on really struggling with who's your neighbor. Is it who you want to help? And somehow, how many people do you help? I mean, how many little old ladies do you help across the street? Eight. You know? You know, my 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 little old lady helper button is really up this year. I helped 30. Last year I had 25. You know, I mean, how do you keep score on that? But Jesus tells the story. Now listen to the story. And Je- Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And by the way, this, this road, uh, this actual road is a, is a notorious road for crime in that culture at that time. Dangerous place. On the way he was attacked by robbers and they took his clothes, beat him up and went off leaving him half dead. Luckily a priest was on the way down the same road, but when he saw him uh, angled across the other, uh, uh, he angled across to the other side and then a Levite religious man showed up. He was also, he also avoided the injured man. I mean, it's, it's almost like Jesus is talk, uh, telling, a, telling a joke. You know, three guys walk into a bar, you know, Look, the religious guy, the Levite, And then this last guy, the Samaritan, a Samaritan traveling the road came on him. Now again, Jesus is so brilliant. He is Marine Jesus. I mean, he's just like messing with the guy. He's like, he, he takes a guy that this religious scholar would have disdain for. I mean, the Samaritans lived up north in Samaria. The Samaria was the capital of the northern city. And it's like if anybody was going to help another Jew, it would not be a Samaritan. I mean, it would be like an old Miss guy helping a Mississippi State guy or something you know, it'd be like a Tennessee guy helping a Florida guy. I mean, you know, whatever the analogy is, that the least guy that you would think of being generous to would be the one that expresses that generosity. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him unto his donkey, led him to an inn and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill and I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? So Jesus poses the question back to the religious scholar. The one who treated him kindly religious scholar responded, and Jesus said, go and do the same. Guys, when Jesus leaves him there, the man is condemned to hell by his own standard. He knows he can't live up to that. But Jesus is confronting him um, by his lack of ability to save himself. He confronts him with the gospel. And the man knows the religious scholar knows he can't live up jesus has put him in a double bind that he's going to have to bow the knee to to a greater standard because he has painted such a, a story such a picture in this story that he knows that his heart condemns him see guys A life poured out to the needs of the poor is evidence of your changed heart. Jesus challenges the view that says only give to those that are like you. He he, he pushes, the gospel pushes us way beyond our comfortable state. I sat with a, um, a gentleman this week that started telling me a story. And as he told the story, I said, now, when did this happen? Sounded like it happened this week. And he told me it happened 30 years ago. And he's sitting in my office because he wants help with an issue that happened 30 years ago. And I thought it happened 30 minutes ago. He proclaims himself to be a believer. I believe he is a believer. But I believe he is struggling with a lack of forgiveness a lack of generosity. Um, It's not for me to judge how that will look or work out when he stands before God, but it's like when you hold offense towards somebody for 30 years, you condemn yourself. Now I want to show you a clip here that I love this clip. This is one of the best clips in all of clipdom because it expresses the gospel. This is the gospel. It comes out of Victor Hugo's um, Les Mis, Les Miserables. And this idea of Jean Valjean is you and me. And Jean Jean Valjean sees himself as just a slave. He's been thrown into prison. um, And now he just thinks like a prisoner. He's been culturalized. He's a thief, he didn't start out that way, but he just became what those around him taught him to be. And something happens in this clip that needs to happen to you and to me and it only happens through the incarnation of Jesus. When God's goodwill is expressed to you and me, watch this.
2: Mm-hmm. <coughs>
3: Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madam, you know, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you.
1: Gentlemen, I believe that that scene needs to be shown in our churches, watched in our private uh, offices, understood. Now, let me be clear with this, just so even the clip is not unclear. That bishop does not have the authority to forgive Jean Valjean in his own flesh. He does not. But just as you and I are incarnational representations of Jesus, that when we share the gospel with another man, we have the authority to proclaim Jesus to that man. And only Jesus forgives. That's the gospel. But he uses us. He came to earth. We have Jesus with skin on it when we are generous with one another. Like with Marek, when Jack Page and Quentin Alexander showed up in South Haven, Jesus showed up. Right, Mark? Amen. It's like, that is the gospel. Guys, it's not by morality, and you can look at these on your notes, but it's by grace and compassion, compassion for the poor, compassion for others, is the great emotion of Jesus that shows up in our hearts when we understand that he has brought goodwill to us and we are accepted by him. Let me close by reading 1 John chapter 4. My beloved friends at Men's Roundtable, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God, And everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. And this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins in the damage they've done to our relationship with God. So guys, I would just encourage you, be careful how you use that phrase this Christmas, goodwill to men, as if it's all about us just being generous to one another. But wow, when you, when you have an opportunity to be generous to another, acknowledge how God has been generous to you. And it's the gospel of Jesus that has been incarnationally uh, established in the neighborhood. He is tabernacled among us that gives us the love of other people that we can hold our hands out and offer to them that which has been given to us close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for our time together this morning. Father, thank you for sending your son. We love this time of year to acknowledge that you really did come to save us, to be with us, and may we uh, be generous uh, to those that you bring our way because we have experienced your generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Uh, Keep in
0: mind